the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, <laughs> maybe that was the best use of a weather forecast in a while. So quiet that you had to sort of strain to hear. Anyway, you know a storm's coming, right? We all know that, so... <laughs> hey, thanks for being along today. It's a, a Tuesday edition. Cast off again today. She's um, she'll be back tomorrow. I know, and she's fine. She's in good health and good spirits, so uh, all is well. And I'm happy to be with you here today. So, uh, I was a giant eagle last night, um, doing a little uh, grocery shopping, and it was it was right after the show. So I left here and went down to the local one here, and um, I, I walk in, and I'm in. I don't know what aisle I was in. But there, there's this cutest little sight I, I've seen in a long time. Coming towards me down the aisle was a, a young woman with her shopping cart. And right next to her was, I, I'm presuming, her little girl, who was about maybe three. She was tiny, a little tiny girl. And she had her very own shopping cart, like one of those, you know, play school plastic things. <laughs> And the two of them were walking towards me with the biggest grins on their face. I mean, they couldn't have been happier. You know, the little baby imitating her mom. The baby had a couple things in her cart and just having a good time with Giant Eagle. I I, I thought about that all last night um, and today in, in some aspects. I wanted to, you know, share that little slice of joy with you. Uh, I was thinking about what, you know, what imitation does to us and how we learn, of course, right? That little baby, that little girl, you know, whether that was a Christmas present or, or whatnot, she wanted to be like her mom, right? Um, who doesn't want to be like their mom? Who doesn't want to be like their dad, right? Anyway, we see that and go, yeah, that's me. And I, I get it. I mean, some people have had really bad situations at home, but for, for more often than not, I mean, that, that imitation is key. That is how we navigate, especially the early part of our lives until we, in some ways, we get established, right? What's the uh, book, uh, Thomas Akempis, uh, Imitation of Christ? What's a, it's a beautiful work. It's a very deep, very slow, uh, viscous, thick work of, of being an imitator of what it is to be Jesus. I was thinking about that, about imitation, because imitation really is just our simple instruction, right? The way that we get in on the splendor of grace in our walk is not by mastering elaborate theological dissertations or practicing some asture uh, aesthetic regiments like the the greats of the faith, but instead it's it's regular and deliberate associations with friends, right, in your circles at church and your small groups 
who agree that knowing Christ is the goal in something that anybody can do, right? I mean, that's why you know, small groups small groups work so well. Our small group is this group. We call ourselves smallish, and we're a disparate bunch. And we've gotten, you know, we've, our kids have grown up with each other, and we've suffered together and experienced wonderful joys and all those things, you know, and you get to be close with people like that. And all of us in our lives, I know this is true because I'm doing it right now, have one impressive achievement to our credit that is not unlike, in its own way, living the gospel, that we have learned to speak our native language fluently. For many of us, this is English, right? And English, I'm sure you know, this is a very difficult language. The syntax is bewildering, yet by the age of five or so, all of us have mastered it and without even going to school. How do we do that? Well, our parents, our brothers, our sisters, and friends simply began talking, and we started to process that, and then we began to imitate it. We just hung around people who were doing it, and before long, we were doing it too. We learn Christ in the same way, by hanging around the people who are doing it. I mean, left to our own devices, <laughs> I don't know about you, left to my own devices, not good. But there are people in my life who are saints, and I see them, and I want to be like them, despite all my foibles and all the things, right? You see those people that you go, I want to imitate that person. I mean, imitation works for individuals. It can also work for cultures, does it not? I mean, historically, a, a primary means of expansion of the Roman Empire was not by military conquest, but by colonies. People were not forced to be Romans early on. They were shown how to be Romans by a group of people who simply lived among them, and they did it. So a colony in the times of the Bible was a group of people who sat down in a foreign place and did everything they did in the Roman way. And so, of course, the, the purpose of the colony was not to separate itself from the population, to preserve itself, but to demonstrate and establish a so-called civilized life in that barbarian land. So, Christians set down to live the common life, much as the rest of the world does, except that we are called to do it in Christ's way. The primary means of expansion of the civilization of God in this barbarian world is not by lecturing people in the truth or coercing people to be good. I know you know this because I know it. It's really basic stuff. By establishing communities of imitation, worshiping congregations where we simply live the common life, but we do that in God's way. How about when you go to church on Sunday? I mean, you know, if, if you're a believer and you're part of a church community and you're giving and supporting the church community, I mean, we give money at church and then we sing and we worship. I mean, not a lot of people do that, right? You don't see a lot of people, like I said, at the Giant Eagle, worshiping and singing as they're spending their money. There's something beautiful about that. There is something, and I think, you know, all throughout this crazy pandemic, we could go into that for hours and days and months and all that 
Didn't you miss your local church? I miss those guys. My brothers and sisters. So it's good to imitate a lot of good things. And those saints among us, hallelujah, I want to imitate that as well. Because I left to my own devices, I'm sure like you, I can be a hot, holy mess. Okay, we'll take a quick break. We do come back. Uh, we're going to talk about forgiveness. This is very interesting. Forgiveness is a difficult thing for us to do, isn't it? The five apology languages. How do we apologize and accept forgiveness? The secret to healthy relationships. That's next. Now here on the ride home. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, Word FM. WORD. I won! I won! Yes! (laughs) And we want you to win, too. So sign up to receive our contests and sweepstakes update. Each Friday, you can see new opportunities to win. We regularly give out prizes from books, music, and merchandise to household items, even vacation trips or car payments. Stay up on all the fun. Subscribe to our contests and sweepstakes update, mailed each Friday. Sign up today at wordfm.com slash subscribe. This is Sebastian Gorka, and I want to invite you to join me for a powerful travel opportunity that will likely become the highlight of your year. I'm headed to Israel in November 2022 for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour of the key sites and best places meant to give you an unprecedented view of a world you've likely only read or heard about. Together, we'll uncover key geopolitical insights as we unpack Israel's significance on the world stage. You'll return home empowered by the experience. If you've ever dreamt of visiting Israel, this is your opportunity. Come with me in 2022. For more information, call 855-565-5519 or book online at Stand with Israel Tour.com 855-565-5519 or stand with Israel Tour.com. Why doing it right? Roofing, siding, remodeling? It's simple. It's in their name. Doing it right uses only top quality materials and employs only experienced installation and management people to install and oversee your project. Family owned and operated for 38 years and with over 45 years of industry experience, you can be confident that your project will be installed the correct way. Doing it right does business honestly, taking no money down and collecting balance upon completion. You'll receive a lifetime labor warranty from Doing It Right. Doing It Right does all work to manufacturers, National Roofing Contractors Association, and Vinyl Siding Institute guidelines and specifications for a complete and headache-free installation. Doing It Right is an Owens Corning Platinum Contractor and James Hardy Preferred Contractor. Most importantly, they're affordable, offering great financing options and accepting all major credit cards. Be sure to mention John and Kathy for a discount off your roofing, siding, and remodeling estimates. Call 724-NEW-ROOF or find them at roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. You're not who you were 25 years ago. Your life's more complex. People change, families change, and the law changes. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. And a proper estate plan should keep up with those changes. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer, someone who's really good at making complex concepts sound so simple, so you can protect what's yours and to ensure that your will is done. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. I was coming into work uh, earlier, early this afternoon, and... uh, 
One of the things about people driving is that we, we have, uh, as a culture, have not mastered the art of yielding to each other, right? I was coming into a yield, coming into the parkway. Cars are going, you know, 60, 65 miles an hour. And then the person, you know, uh, on the road, on the, on the main highway, slows down to let me in, um, which, anyway, it caused a lot of consternation. Cars... <laughs> Cars behind me were beeping because I didn't think I was was supposed to be moving forward. I wanted that other – it just was a mess. And there was a lot of beeping and waving of fingers going on there. And uh, I was like, you know, like one of those moments you want to disappear. But a, as it all got sorted out, a guy came up like close to me, and I thought, oh, no, this is going to be trouble. And he beeped the horn, and he gave me a wave. Like he waved at me like, okay, everything's good. Whew. Which I was happy to get the wave because I thought I was going to get, you know, another symbol there. And I didn't want to engage in somebody, you know, involved in a yielding road rage incident. And that's just like, you know, one thing on the way to work. Holy smokes. I mean, you hear about stuff. People are just, it's angry out there. Is it not? I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. And so with that anger. I was appreciative of a little wave, which in some way was, I don't know what it was. It was just an affirmation. It wasn't an apology. There was no apology. It wasn't forgiveness. But we need all those things. Jennifer Thomas is with us. Jennifer, along with Gary Chapman, has a brand new workout called The Five Apology Languages, The Secret to Healthy Relationships. Hey, Jennifer, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, John. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. Okay, so Jen, uh, right? No secret here. We live in a very dark and deep time. Uh, whether it's you know on the roadways or in social media or in the grocery store or sporting events, people are angry. And, and I, you know, I'm, I appreciate you hanging out with Gary Chapman and working on the five apology languages. How do you pull yourself? I mean, is it even possible that we pull ourselves back from the darkness? Well, you know, we are in such divided times, and it's very troubling, but what we want to see is for people to be more loving, of course, because he's written the five love languages. That's what we're all about. But our new thing that we're working on in this book, which is called The Five Apology Languages, is that there are actually different things that people want to hear in an apology. So if I apologize to you, John, chances are that you might say, oh, that's an okay apology, Jen is sincere, or she's not. And someone else could listen to the very same apology, and it might not register for them or it might not count. And so I got interested in, well, why is it different? And are we going through life not really realizing that people have apology scripts that they want us oh. to speak to them. And I realized that that was a lot like the love languages where people have a certain way that they will feel loved or appreciated and that we need to tailor what we say and do to what's really going to count for them. That's really interesting. Okay, so an apology, of course, matters, but how we apologize is equally important as well. So, uh, of course, Jen, time is uh, at the essence here, but can you go through five apologies and what they would look like? Yes, and as I go through them, your listeners will hear that they're kind of like steps as well. So you can think of them as languages or steps to a complete apology. Okay, good. The first two are really based around words and around the past. So the first one is, I'm sorry for what I did or didn't do. And that's about expressing regret for the emotional part of what damage we've caused and how we've upset people. Here we're speaking to the heart. And then the second step is to 
go ahead and plead guilty. So you say, I was wrong, and you're accepting full responsibility for what you did. And with both of these pieces, it's important to be specific. So you don't just say, you know, I'm sorry for that I did this or didn't do that, but you need to be specific about exactly um, what happened, when it happened, and don't go into long explanations because that can feel like you're trying to shift the blame. And you also don't want to use the word but because we know that's when someone turns it around and tries to pass the hot potato of blame our way. I'm not going to justify my apology. Exactly. And I'll use the word but just because it rolls off our tongue so easily. Thank you. Uh, but some people would listen to this and say, well, talk is cheap. I, none of that satisfies me. I need to see change. And so our third apology language is making amends or making restitution. And this is where you work. You offer your time, your money or whatever you need to do to make the person whole again. And this underscores your sincerity to a lot of people. But there may still be some people who are thinking, but wait a minute, I might be willing to forgive you today, but don't keep doing this. I'm going to run out of patience. And so our fourth apology language is for that person. They really want to hear what's going to change or how you're going to prevent a reoccurrence. That's what's really music to their ears. So we're turning towards the future and we're talking about how we're going to head this thing off. And then Gary Chapman and I asked thousands of people, what do you want to hear in an apology? And there was one more thing, which we really didn't see coming, and it's actually a question, and that is, will you please forgive me? And for that person, usually they had a parent or a teacher who wanted them to ask that question, and they expected to. And the problem is we found in our survey that only 3 or 4% of people really think about asking that question. Mm. And so if you're in relationship with one of these people, whether it's your boss, your coworker, your partner, your kid, um, they are going to be waiting to hear you say something like, you know, I really hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me. Mm, that's good. Okay, so then there's a difference here, what you're saying, between a statement, right? I mean – It's really good to ask the question because in some ways the question becomes transactional. Will you please forgive me requires a response. Exactly. Yeah, you articulated it very well. And there's also a a piece of putting ourselves in a maybe a temporary one-down position. When we ask for someone's forgiveness, it can be scary because it's like we're getting down on bended knee before Mm -hmm. them. And if they say no, we may feel really embarrassed. But for the person who has been offended, that's really powerful if you're willing to humble yourself and let them know, look, you don't have to forgive me right in this moment, but I'd like to rebuild your trust, and I hope that we can move towards forgiveness. That's so good. We're talking with Jennifer Thomas along with Gary Chapman, her brand-new work, The Five Apology Languages, The Secret to Healthy Relationships. Jen, um, would we live in a world like you just described, right? That that, that format that uh, was all in place and people, you know, did that transactional exercise on a daily basis. But you know as well as I do that just a lot of people cannot or will not ask for forgiveness, right? They just it's just not part of our our, our language. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask right. for that. It's like it's seen as a sign of weakness or something. Mm-hmm. Sadly, it is, and it's. It doesn't need to be that way because if you'll think about the people who you remi—sorry, I was going to say respect or admire—and that became remire most in your life, chances are that they would apologize when needed, and that if you heard them 
give their apologies, you would probably respect them more, not less. Okay, um, I've seen this play out in a family situation where there was a disruption and there were angry words. And when things settled down, someone said, hey, I, you know, I, I, I want you to apologize. And the other person said, I'm not going to apologize. There's just no way. You, you, I'm, I'm not sorry for what I did. But the other person really grievously was hurt, was grievously hurt. That's right. And people will go decades with those broken relationships. And so Gary Chapman and I have written about that and how important it is to try to keep the communication open because when we are offended, it it creates a barrier between us and the other person, and it can actually become a wall over time, sometimes to the point where people almost don't even remember what started it. And so we need to be quick about trying to keep short accounts and trying to offer those apologies and and doing so without too many qualifications. Like, I don't want you to apologize and expect them to apologize in return. Your apology needs to stand on its own. Uh, But with that being said, we also don't want people to apologize just to keep the peace. We do believe that it's important for you to understand what you did wrong and what you would do differently if you're going to apologize. And if that's not the case, I, as a psychologist and consultant, tell people all the time, well, then just have a conversation with them and talk about how they saw it, restate what they say, talk about your commitment to them and to making things the best they can be, and maybe using the term, I wish I could go back and do this or that differently. Something about I wish can feel like a really satisfying apology without it being um, you giving an apology that, that really you don't mean it from your heart. Because in that case, you're going to end up feeling resentment. Hmm. This is so delicate, what you're describing, Jennifer. I mean, I'm sure you know, you've been part of this. People have been part of this where an apology is offered. And then, you know, as you apologize, you're waiting for the other person to submit as well, to also offer some form of an apology or an olive branch is exchanged between the two. But if that olive branch isn't exchanged, then the the aggrieved party is still kind of holding an empty bag. And so it kind of feels only 50% and the relationship is not fully restored. That's right. And your point is really well taken, John, because we do see that happen. Another thing that's really awkward is, have you ever had someone say, well, you may not realize you offended me, but I've forgiven you. And, you know, that feels really weird. Like, <laughs> you say, thank you, yeah. or <laughs> what do you say? I completely disagree. I saw it, you know, that you were to blame. Right. Um, and so we're trying to head that off with our method. We actually talk about forbearance as something you can do when someone has not repented or turned away from the way they were acting. And it it means, if you're a spiritual person, it means releasing the person to God. Um, It's releasing your judgment and choosing not to be hateful towards them. And it's quiet. It's a silent process. And so if you will forbear when someone is offensive, then unless they apologize to you, you wouldn't be going to them and saying, look, I forgave you because you're waiting for them to be repentant, which is really um, the biblical model that um, it's a transaction. If we confess, then God forgives us, and mm. it's the same way for humans. That's so good. It's a quiet, thoughtful process. I like that. Okay, so Jen, this brings us to the, you know the elephant in the room, and I'm sure that everybody, you know, who's breathing right now, does this to themselves. That we 
whether it's, you know, an ongoing, you know, besetting sin or just something that nags us, we cannot, we will not look in the mirror and forgive ourselves, right? I mean, this is, to me, sort of like a a cancer in society because we are unforgiving to ourselves, then why would we forgive anybody else around us? That's right. And I think it becomes almost like the wallpaper in our house where we don't pay attention to it. Um, And so we're just carrying around this hostility to ourselves. And where I see it popping out is in our self-language. So if you're using your name kind of like it's a four-letter word, chances are that you're carrying criticism of yourself around every day. And so we do have a process for people to go through, not only to forgive others, but also to forgive themselves. Hmm. I I can't imagine. I mean, to me, that's like, that's a therapy problem, isn't it? I mean, that's like years of peeling back the onion. That's right. It's an old habit to criticize yourself. And in some ways, people treat themselves like an angry parent would. Yeah. And we wouldn't treat other people that way. And so we should treat both ourselves and our family members as well as we treat others when we're out in the public. (laughs) That's good. Hey, Jen, uh, I'm a fan. This is good. uh, Where we are today in this world, how things are dark and divisive. Uh, Anybody who wants to apologize and offer forgiveness on one end to the other, I mean, that's a really good thing for the, for the world. And so well, why not as believers in Christ that we wouldn't model this first in our own lives and then pass it along to the greater culture? So the work that you're doing with Gary Chapman, that's A+. Uh, I appreciate your time here and to, to spread that good news about that. Oh, thank you. It's so wonderful to talk with you, John. You as well. Thank you so much. Jennifer Thomas, as I said, along with Gary Chapman, this is excellent. The five apology languages... The Secret to Healthy Relationships, Jennifer Thomas and Gary Chapman. Take a break, come back. An eight-year-old wrote a book, put it in the library, and now there's a waiting list. We'll talk about that next. You know what you could do? You could put in a massive swimming pool in your basement and fill it with Skittles. Ah, Skittles. There'd be a big light-up slide. And you could slide headfirst into Skittle heaven. Hey, it's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And maybe never in the history of time have we had a moment where home values have skyrocketed this much while interest rates have dropped this much. And what that has brought into play for now, for so many Word FM listeners, is the cash out refinance loan. Some listeners are using that newfound equity or money to pay off debt or to do some very cool home upgrades at a time where our homes might continue to be more and more important. But hey, a Skittle paradise could also be cool. If you're curious about your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. Nice. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. By now, you've all heard me talk about MyPillow, and now Mike has done it again by introducing his new MySlippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop these fabulous slippers. They're designed to wear indoor or outdoor all day long. Made with MyPillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue. And they're made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 50% off his new MySlippers. The MySlippers are so comfortable, you want to get some for the whole family. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including some overstock product, such as individual towels, blankets, comforters, 
and so much more. Or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. That's 800-391-0954. Check it out online. MyPillow.com for the brand new My Slippers, offering 50% off now. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. Your life. Your hopes. And whatever you were searching for at 1.15 a.m., it's really none of our business, and it shouldn't be anyone else's. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Winter storm watching effect from late Wednesday night through Friday morning. Night, cloudy skies with a low of 30. Tomorrow, overcast, a little rain in the afternoon, high 45. Tomorrow night, more rain with a low of 36. And Thursday, rain changing to ice in the morning, then sleet and freezing rain in the afternoon, high 37. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Grace Miratori. Is going to the library still a big thing for kids? Or, or has the internet sort of killed that as well? Because, you know, the internet's crushed so many things about, you know, life. I mean, it's been good, but the other thing. I remember remember going to the library and getting your very first library card, how cool that was. I mean, that's, I think for a lot of kids, right, if your parents were readers and they took you to the library, and when you finally went there and you were like, I can get take any book out that I want from the library. It was a gigantic thing in my life, seriously. And then you go in there and you've got like, I'm taking out 10, 12, 15 books at a time. So, you know, sometimes they would, I'd walk in, you know, they would sit there on the counter and then, oh, they're overdue. I haven't looked at them. You know, no, that's, but you know what it is, you know, the idea of the library card and the the adult in us as kids to hold on to that library card. Well, I saw a piece, this kid, a second grader who lives in Idaho, he wrote a book, A Christmas Adventure, on the pages of a red cover notebook. And then he drew, he illustrated photo, you know, the images with colored pencils. So when he finished this book, he decided he wanted to share it with other people. So much, in fact, that he hatched the plan. He waited for just the right moment to pull it off. He went with his Graham to visit the Ada Community Library, the Lake Hazel Branch in Boise, Idaho. And his grandmother, uh, uh, they walked into the library. This little boy, he held the book to his chest, and he went by the librarian. And then, unbeknownst to the grandmother and the librarian, he slipped the book onto a children's picture bookshelf, and nobody saw him do it. Uh, he says later on, after this was found out, it was naughty-ish naughty-ish of covertly depositing the book without permission. But somebody saw this book, and, you know, they, they pulled it out, and they went to the library, and they said, here, I found this book. And so the librarians were like, this is not our book. There's no tag inside of it. There's no way to track it or anything. Anyway, long story short, the book has become, weirdly, in this 
Library in Idaho a runaway success. So much so that there are 55 people on the waiting list wanting to take this book out. (laughs) So obviously the library has included this now in their exchange program. And uh, the boy, what's his name here? Uh, His name is Dylan, uh, Dylan Helbig. Uh, Dylan is working on a sequel to the book, which is super cool. I don't know. I mean, just kids are really interesting, aren't they? Because they don't see the hurdles that you and I do. You know, the hurdles come later on in life. But when you're six, seven, eight, nine years old, 10 years old, I mean, those hurdles are, you know, easier to sort of navigate through. So I don't know. I love the idea of some kid in his room without the internet making his own library book and wanting to share it with other people. All right, should we take a quick break? We do come back. Uh, we're going to invite an epidemiologist on the air. Rick Zimmerman is with us. He's been with us throughout the entirety of the pandemic. And uh, hard questions. Uh, hopefully there's some clarity uh, without the politics. But, of course, they all, all two have uh, been intertwined. But next, our brother in Christ, Dr. Richard Zimmerman, will talk about the pandemic. Stick around for that, please. WORD. Your station for unlimited grace with Brian Chappell. He has said, do you recognize that when you were broken, I came for you? And when there was nothing in you that deserved it, I poured out my blood for you. So that when we would say, should I serve him? The answer of our hearts would be, yes. Unlimited Grace with Brian Chappell, weekday afternoons at 1.30 on 101.5 WORD. My son is in the second grade at our local public school, and yet somehow he gets to attend a Bible class during his school day because of LifeWise Academy. We're seeing public school students from urban, rural, and suburban communities who have never heard the basic stories of how Jesus came to rescue us. Hey, Word FM listeners, I'm Joel Penton, founder of LifeWise Academy, and we bring Bible education to public school students during the school day. Believe it or not, in 1952, the Supreme Court ruled that students can actually be released from public school during school hours to receive religious instruction. However, almost no one knows it's possible. LifeWise Academy provides the structure and tools for local communities to put to work. This program is taking off nationwide, and our kids' futures are being changed. Would you consider leading the charge to start a LifeWise in your neighborhood school? The first step is to voice your support at LifeWiseAcademy.org. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero... Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. With prices set to increase on all exterior products, lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate at windowsarustpittsburgh.com. Find them at the Pittsburgh Home Show beginning February 4th and the Pittsburgh Remodeling Expo at Heinz Field beginning February 11th. trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? 
Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. I saw an article today and the headline said, 70% of Americans just want things to get back to normal. And I was like, 70? 70%? You think it'd be 99.999%? People just want things to get back to normal again. Hard to believe we are you know, close to entering into year number three of the pandemic. And uh, it's become just a morass. It's, I mean, it's altered so many things. The country, the politics, of course, close family friendships, far family friendships, all that and more. We're here to talk to us about the pandemic from a medical perspective is Dr. Rick Zimmerman. Dr. Zimmerman is a COVID-19 researcher collaborating with the Centers for Disease Control. He clinically tests and treats coronavirus patients, has decades plus experience as an infectious disease epidemiologist. Dr. Zimmerman, welcome back to the show. Oh, it's so good to be back with you. And we are certainly seeing things in general get better after really a quite a... Uh, surge in December and January. And when I looked at the end of January data for Allegheny County, we had for the week uh, 9,241 cases and 80 deaths. Clearly see the case counts going down. Uh, deaths haven't gone down yet. They usually lag a couple weeks, but I think they will. Hospitals are still busy, but not as busy as they were. They were up to a fifth of the beds, uh, well, maybe I shouldn't say it, an eighth of the beds being filled with COVID. Um, it just really fairly remarkable. And actually, it did go up to a fifth um, at one point in January. So we are getting better but it has been a long slog. And I'm with the 99.9% of people that want this to be over. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so we've come through this uh, Omicron. um, uh, People in the hospitals, for the most part, are those the ones who are not vaccinated? Talk to us about that whole thing. Sure. It's mostly those who are not vaccinated. That's the largest group. There is a group who are vaccinated and have cancer and or immunocompromising conditions like a, uh, a transplant, an organ transplant. And we're seeing a number of breakthrough cases um, in those immunocompromised populations. There are a few breakthrough cases that need hospitalization that um, have not been immunocompromised, but that's pretty small and those are mostly unboosted people. People with boosters really have a remarkable protection against hospitalization, even with Omicron, uh, provided that they're immune competent and they don't have cancer or uh, an organ transplant. Okay, now, Rick, now I, have, I have known in, in a couple of instances where a friend has had both shots and had the booster shot, but has gotten COVID not once, but twice. I mean, and you can imagine the frustration on that end. Oh, it is. And as I was trying to think of how to explain this, uh, we've had experience with flu vaccine. And with flu vaccine, if the virus mutates so that what's in the vaccine is not what is going on in the community, if it mutates away, uh, then the vaccine is 
pretty moderate. Um, and we are seeing escape with Omicron because Omicron was not what was in the vaccine. Um, that's the old uh, strain from a year and a half ago. Um, it did pretty well, uh, the vaccine against Delta. Um, and it's not as good. Omicron's a partial escape. How do I explain a partial escape? Yeah. Well, the only thing I can think of to make it easy to understand is to go to cooking. And I have made pancakes with white flour. And, of course, they turn out pretty canned white. And I've made pancakes with whole wheat flour. And they turn out much darker. And, um, and of course, you can do half and half. And I've done that. And you get an in-between. And that's where we're at. We're in an in-between protection with the vaccine because Omicron has mutated uh, partially away. But still pretty good protection against hospitalization. But still. Okay, so I, I read that uh, people who've had two vaccines, two shots, uh, they're lagging behind. Only 40% of people who've had two shots have gotten the booster shot. Is that true? Uh, that's pretty correct. The uh, numbers here, and I'm just pulling your, uh, make sure I had the numbers uh, correct for Allegheny County. Uh, 49% of Allegheny County adults have had a booster, and 68% of seniors um, in the county have had a booster. So there is a pretty good uh, booster uptake locally, but that does not extend to the counties outside of Allegheny County sure. necessarily. There are lower vaccination rates and lower booster rates. Okay. So, Rick, I'm sure you've asked this, uh, been asked this a million times, but are we near to the end? This is a great question, and I think anybody, <laughs> I did not see Omicron coming. Uh, I did see knew that we had a chance for a mutation that would be escape. I didn't know that it was going to be Omicron as an escape variant. I think anybody who thinks they could predict this epidemic is uh, on thin ice, given what's happened. Our hope is that between immunity from uh, either Omicron infection or booster doses, we will get enough herd immunity to dampen this down and to be able to return to a more normal. And I think that'll happen. I'm optimistic that'll happen, but uh, Omicron threw us quite a curve, and we'll have to see. Right. Now, I mean, you see society, right? I mean, I'm sure you see this in your daily life. You go to the grocery store, you go to wherever. I mean, people are just pretty much, you know, I'm done with this thing. I'm just going to get on with my life. I mean, for better or worse. Yes, and I will say uh, my family, my wife and I just took a trip to the Holy Lands, and it was a great trip, and we were so very careful because we knew they wouldn't let us in if we had COVID uh, or even a, a mild case, so we were very careful. Um, coming back, we also were careful to get back in the country, uh, but we, I, I think, feel a tad more relaxed now that we're here. We don't have a big event that uh, depends on uh, necessarily being negative, but we're also, I think, being realized the impact it would have on our family sure. if we were just careless. Right. Okay, no, Rick, no, so you and your family, you just came back from Israel. I mean, I mean, that's a long, long way to go. What was that like? I mean, what was it like to be in Israel? Were, were the structures in place like they are here? 
Oh, yes. And in fact, uh, in going there and back, I had four COVID tests, all negative, uh, and, and the required proof of recent vaccination as well. They were very careful in uh, things. And so it re- required multiple tests, in part because we needed tests within certain so many hours. And sometimes the testing facilities were delayed and you didn't want to lose uh, your chance uh, to move about freely in Israel. So I said, took four tests to get through it all. Wow. Okay, Rick, you're an epidemiologist and I'm sure, you know, in your work with the CDC, which in, you know, for a lot of people has become a swear word, right? And I'm sure as you talk to other uh, doctors about where we are culturally uh, in the United States, you kind of have to wonder about, you know, uh, people who, you know, that phrase, I'm trusting the science. I mean, that's become a dirty word as well. So, I mean, what's that like to talk to your other peers, know who you are, you're an epidemiologist with CDC, you're balancing something here that, you know, the culture often does not want to value and they think it's, you know, just a lot of malarkey. Right. Well, I I think there are points to be made on both sides. Um, God has called me, you know, out of Matthew 10, 7, 8. He's called me to heal the sick, and he's made me to be a scientist and a physician scientist and not just a physician or not just a scientist, but yes. a physician scientist. That's God's call. And, uh, you know, to seek truth. And the epidemiologists are the true seekers. One of the things, though, that happens is that we're corrupted, all of us, in our hearts. And so the chance to have splash with power, um, the chance to get your name in the lights or the press, uh, that can go and we can step beyond the bounds of where the science actually takes us and to mismake statements because we like the attention or we like the power. And I think that has happened, um, and I think we need to guard against that. I also think there's times, well, I know a lot of people at CDC, and a number of them are very hardworking, very careful scientists who do not want to make mistakes. Um, But at times, uh, I think on the mask guidance, um, I've been saying a long time, higher quality is better. N95s are better than surgical masks. You know, surgical masks are better than than a simple thin uh, one layer gaiter. That I've been saying that a long time, and it's taken CDC a while to get there. They've gotten there, but I'll have to say it did take them a while. Yeah. Okay. So then, when you look back at say you know February March of 2020, and you know it was like somebody flipped a switch and society just kind of shut down. I mean, you know, now what you know now. Was that the best course of action or should we have just, you know, been more free flowing and waited until, you know, things got worse? I think that there needed to be more local um, control at the county level. And you can't overwhelm hospitals. If you overwhelm hospitals, you threaten and burn out your healthcare workers. And that is a major issue. Um, and if you don't have enough healthcare workers, if you're having a heart attack or you have cancer, then your current treatment may be delayed. And that isn't good. <laughs> and so you can't overwhelm the health system. And if you have to shut down bars to do so, um, that then is the prudent step to take. Right. Um, but if the disease is raging in Philadelphia, 
and quiet in 75% of the rest of the state, then we don't need to lock down all 100% of the state. We need to lock down the Philadelphia area. And I think that's where I see we were too – there wasn't enough local decisions made. Instead, it was more large state, national type things. And I think if we could do it again, that would be one of the things because if it's not raging – then you don't need to have full lockdowns. You need to have some restrictions, but not heavy lockdowns. Right. Let's hope that we don't do it again, although they're telling uh, us that so. it's going to happen, right? We're talking with Dr. Richard Zimmerman. from the uh, He's an epidemiologist who works with the Center for Disease Control. So, Rick, I mean... Um, uh, I'm not. I just need to go back because I, I think, like everybody, I, in lieu of another variant, and in the, uh, the the hopes that spring will come sooner rather than later, and the windows will be open. I mean, there is a possibility, right, that we, you know, this could be a, a good summer, and that we would have, you know, some reasonable life, and people would, you know, sort of calm down some. Yeah. Oh, I think so. I think the clearly. Um, confined transmission, um, and now that the uh, variant, the Omicron variant, was more transmissible in children, that has really traveled through schools and through children where it wasn't doing that as much before. And so that's a change. The virus, you know, adapts, it moves. So I think we have a good chance of having a good summer. Respiratory viruses typically uh, don't like the changes in humidity and heat of the summer and the uh, moving of air. They like confined places to spread, and that's where they spread most readily. So I'm hoping we'll have a good spring and a good summer, and I think that there's a pretty good chance for that. Good. All right. I'll take it as so it is. So I do need to clarify yeah. just one thing said. I do work with the CDC, but I am not employed by the Thank CDC. You. I'm employed that. by the university, and just so we had that clear. Thank you. Well, Rick, uh, listen, you've been with us multiple times throughout these uh, several years here, and, you know, uh, I respect you, and because, I, you know, you're a brother in Christ, you come at this from a different perspective, and uh, uh, I laud you for your willingness to come out here and, and tell us where you are in this situation, and uh, despite the, the travails and the politics and the rancor and all that, it's a very difficult thing to be in to try to, you know, wind your way through this and have some clarity and grace in the midst of it all, so thank you. Oh, well, uh, you're, you're totally welcome. And I think there are ways theologically to integrate science and faith. Um, and, you know, if God spoke and the world was created, and if God spoke and the scriptures occurred, they are both from the mouth of God. I'm into that. Rick, thanks so much. Uh, we, we've got to go, but your time here is valuable to us. Dr. Richard Zimmerman epidemiologist here in the city of Pittsburgh, collaborating with the Centers for Disease Control. Dr. Richard Zimmerman, thank you. Take a quick break. I love you, a bushel and a peck, a bushel and a peck, and a hug around the neck. Hi there, it's me, Marsha, at the Spring House. Don't you just love an old-fashioned love song like that? We sure do love old-fashioned at the Spring House, too. Old-fashioned values, well-loved antiques, and old-time family recipes. So that's exactly what we'll be cooking for you and your sweetheart on the upcoming Valentine's Day Sweetheart Dinner. Grilled marinated flank steak, celebration chicken Romano, 
Pearl's Cheesy Potatoes, Buttered Steamed Green Beans, Reunion Salad, your choice of a from-scratch dessert, Bev's Brown Rolls, and Pink Lemonade. How's that sound for old-fashioned goodness? We'll light the candles and serve you on China as you enjoy live music by beloved local musician Bob Podish. Call 724-228-3339 to reserve your seat or go to springhousemarket.com for details. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero, Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. With prices set to increase on all exterior products, lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate at windowsarrestpittsburgh.com. Find them at the Pittsburgh Home Show beginning February 4th and the Pittsburgh Remodeling Expo at Heinz Field beginning February 11th. The uh-ohs are out there. Scratches, dents, unexpected natural events. But with Mako and their magic, your car is no longer tragic. So when life throws you uh-ohs, just say, Better get Mako. And go to Mako.com to book your appointment today. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Pitt Cycles is proud to be the new home of Pittsburgh Triumph. This is John Stagerwald, and to celebrate, I'll be live on location February 3rd for the grand opening of the newly redesigned Pittsburgh Triumph showroom. Join me from 3 to 6 p.m. and check out the entire Triumph line, featuring over 30 bikes on the floor, including three models never before seen in this country. It's all happening February 3rd. I have a feeling it's going to be a Triumph. Pittsburgh Triumph in Warrendale, next to Jurgles. Details at pitcycles.com. Oh, my. Phones and emails. I mean, anytime you talk about <laughs> COVID and masks and jabs, people get hot, don't they? Uh, I don't think I've, of course, we've not seen anything like this in our lives. And it runs across. Theological, political, social. I mean, it, it just, it's really, really interesting. I'm sure people will be doing uh, psychological breakdowns a hundred years from this, from now, because it's just been so totally unexpected how this has taken over our lives and our reaction to it and how it splintered us. I hope you haven't lost friendships over it because I know a lot of people have, you know, that people have recriminations and the rolling of the eyes and the fingers in the face and all that whole thing. It's, I mean, like, like that doctor, like Dr. Zimmerman, the guy's trying to do his best, right? I mean, I don't think he's, I don't think it's some political crusade he's on. I think he's just trying to do the best with the information that he has. Holy smokes. I don't know. Hard times indeed. I'm saying this. And I know that you feel the same way, but of course it's, you know, it's limited to the church. I'm grateful to be a believer in the truth and grace of Christ in our lives. 
But, of course, that's been usurped as well by the culture and the pandemic and COVID and the mask and all the church itself suffering because of this in many, many ways. So I, wherever you are in this whole mix, I don't that's your business. But I do hope that you have peace with this and that you allow grace for those around you. Peace and grace in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen to that. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden says the U.S. and its allies prepare for whatever happens next in the Ukraine crisis. The president says peace is the focus of efforts by the United States and its allies. We continue to engage in nonstop uh, diplomacy. But with more than 100,000 Russian troops amassed near Ukraine's border and some moving into Belarus, he says contingency plans are being made. We are ready no matter what happens. The U.S. this week disputed Moscow's accusation that the West is responsible for whipping up tensions in Ukraine. Greg Clugston, Washington. Senator Joe Manchin says the president's vast social and environmental bill is dead. The strongest language to date that the West Virginia Democrat has used to underscore that any revival of the Democrats' top domestic priorities would have to arise from fresh negotiations. The Dow up 61 points, the Nasdaq down 21. This is SRN News. Do your pets have the same energy they used to? Do they have problems with itching, scratching, a dull coat, or goopy ears? Then your pets need Dinovite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. For over 20 years, pet owners have trusted Dinovite to supplement their pet's diet. We started Dinovite and in our first box, we noticed a difference. Dinovite is an all-natural daily supplement made from whole foods that helps support your pet's immune system, digestion, skin, and coat. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching, and he's an all-around happier dog. Today's commercial. Commercial pet foods are processed at high temperatures, which bakes out all the essential goodness. These processed foods can lack the essential vitamins, enzymes, and probiotics that contribute to overall good health. Adding a scoop of Dynavite to your pet's food bowl is the answer. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them to live long, healthy, happy lives. I have two cats and two dogs. All four of them are on the Dynavite. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Why doing it right? Roofing, siding, remodeling? It's simple. It's in their name. Doing it right uses only top quality materials and employs only experienced installation and management people to install and oversee your project. Family owned and operated for 38 years and with over 45 years of industry experience, you can be confident that your project will be installed the correct way. Doing it right does business honestly, taking no money down and collecting balance upon completion. You'll receive a lifetime labor warranty from doing it right. Doing it right does all work to manufacturers, National Roofing Contractors Association, and Vinyl Siding Institute guidelines and specifications for a complete and headache-free installation. Doing it right is an Owens Corning Platinum contractor and James Hardy preferred contractor. Most importantly, they're affordable, offering great financing options and accepting all major credit cards. Be sure to mention John and Kathy for a discount off your roofing, siding, and remodeling estimates. Call 724-NEW-ROOF or find them at roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. For over 100 years, QDOT has fixed big mechanical systems for the commercial industry, from hospitals and factories to churches and schools. 
You deserve to be treated fairly when it comes to your home's HVAC system. QDOT can solve any mechanical challenge, big or small. For affordable repairs, replacement, and maintenance, QDOT answers 24-7-365. And your safety is their top priority. Call 412-366-6200 at q-dot.com. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Winter storm watching effect in late Wednesday night through Friday morning. Tonight, cloudy skies with a low of 30. Tomorrow, overcast with a little rain in the afternoon, high 45. Tomorrow night, more rain with a low of 36. And Thursday, rain changing to ice in the morning, then sleet and freezing rain in the afternoon, high 37. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Grace Miratori. Portions of the following program have been pre-recorded. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today, the 5 o'clock hour. Kath's uh, away today. She'll be back tomorrow. All is well. Uh, boy, it's it's nice out there right now, isn't it? It's kind of weird how, you know, it's been so cold, and then it just bumps up a little bit, and you kind of go, oh, that's very nice. But then there's more snow coming. <laughs> it's Okay. It's winter, right? I, as much as you know, we complain about it. I kind of like it. I mean, and that kind of, I do like it. I do. I like the change. You know, it just makes it all the sweeter when spring comes. So I don't know. We're just paying our dues. Hey, I did this. Um, I've done this uh, more than several times over the years, and um, you know, I think the pandemic has been part of this in a way, in that there's been less mail. But for many, 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 many years here. The mailman would come, and I would get five or six or more books delivered to me a day. I mean, just a tsunami. My my office is was overflowing to a lesser extent now. I, I would say that, but if you were to walk around our studios here uh, at Word FM, there are in various places. Outside of management's office, a stack of books. Down by our mailboxes, another stack of books. In Cass' office, a bunch of books. In my office, he's like the mother load. It's like a hundred books. Um, when management came, they're like, oh, hey, well, I'll take some of those books and we'll take them to our church. And, you know, that happened several times, and that's good. But I, during the break, I went in and uh, I grabbed one of the piles. I have. <laughs> I love it because uh, don't you love books? I love I've got multiple piles of books and sometimes I kind of, you know, OK. Anyway, let me just uh, I'll run a few titles by Unleashing Peace, Experiencing God Shalom. It looks very nice. Oh, Speak Peace. Liturg- oh, oh, I'm not going to give that away. I got to reach out to him. Uh, Translating Your Past, Michelle Van Loon. Um, how about this? Rest and War, Rhythms of a Well-Fought Life. Oh, here's Hugh Ross, Weathering Climate Change. Mm -hmm. 
this is oh, I'm going to keep that trains, Jesus, and uh, trains, Jesus, and murder. The Gospel according to Johnny Cash. That's a good book. Uh, wait a second. <laughs> See now, this is a problem. Is this you? It is me clearly because you hear me doing a lot. You, you go, oh, uh, that looks really interesting. I, I I haven't read that for the past six years, but I may want to set that aside because I might want to do that. Uh, Lifting the veil, imagination, and the kingdom of God. That looks very very interesting. Tidings of comfort and joy. Oh, this is a Christmas. Okay. <laughs> 25 devotions leading to Christmas. That's very nice. Organic disciplines. Seven ways to grow spiritually and naturally share Jesus. And there's a little photograph of some guy withholding like a little bunch of grapes. It's an organic Jesus thing they're doing. That's nice. <laughs> it's good. Uh, what's this one? Maximize your influence. How to make digital. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, maybe management gave me that book and I'm supposed to read it. Uh, how not to read the Bible. Okay, that's good. I think that's experiencing miracles. We talked about that. Setting broken bones. Anyway, let God heal. You know what? Um, I think I can afford to, to, to give away a box of books. So um, maybe like the first person who emails me, John Hall at wordfm dot com john com, and if you'd like to have a box people would do this and they would come over to the station and it wouldn't be a big box you know a, a chunk of boxes i mean a chunk of books in a box so i can let those some of these go away and it's a hit or miss proposition as you see i'm, I'm reading here it, sometimes you go eh, what uh, no i'm not interested in that other times you go oh i really want to read that that's really interesting to me anyway john com. it's the the sometimes segment of giving away a box of books. All right. Uh, should we take a quick break? Come back? Okay. All right. Fine. Uh, Terry Tim is with us. I love Terry Tim. He's one of our regular guests. This man is a pastor here at Christ Community Church of the South Hills. He's got a very, very sweet spirit that belies a very deep thinker. Uh, Terry Tim, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's next here on the ride home. WORD. On the next adventure in Odyssey, it's time for the truth about Maury Rydell to come out. Did you manipulate the election at the school so that Emily would win over the Parker kids? And the escape room in Emily's imagination episode of the kitchen sink? And the lockers incident? But answers lead to even more questions. You've been spying on me? More revelations and more mysteries on the next adventure in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. I've been teaching my sweet 86-year-old grandma how to use her Alexa. The other day, I'm overhanging out, and I see grandma about four inches from Alexa yelling, Hey, Alexa, I'm making cookies. Tell me when it's 10 minutes. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and the reality is the mortgage world has changed from old school to new school as well. In the old days, you usually use somebody local, but today, you don't have to be local to be local. You don't have to set up an appointment to see me. You'll have my cell, and you can text or call me anytime. The Stone Age paperwork of old is now, usually just some easy clicks. And if you're refinancing, in most cases, we'll just send a notary to your home for your closing. The level of attention that we bring will make us feel very local for you. We are United Faith Mortgage. And one other advantage? Read how our direct lender advantage can often save your family monthly and lifelong money at unitedfaithmortgage.com. 
United Mortgage Corp, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Cash Call Mortgage is a DBA of Impact Mortgage Corp. NMLS ID 128231. Not all applicants will qualify. Equal housing lender. Licensed by California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation. Residential Mortgage Lending Act License number 4131083. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. Or visit CashCallMortgage.com. Are you being denied a home loan or refi because you're a 1099 employee, self-employed, or a real estate investor? It can be frustrating, but it doesn't have to be. Thanks to Cash Call Mortgage. At Cash Call Mortgage, we'll take the time to understand you and your income flow. Using 1099 income, rental income, and bank statements, you could qualify for a home mortgage or refi at a lower rate. So if you're being turned down for a home loan or refi because you're self-employed, a 1099 earner, or a real estate investor, instead of hearing denied, you could be hearing approved. To see if you qualify, visit CashCallMortgage.com or call now, 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. I don't know about you, but I still struggle, and I know this is truth, of course, but in my best moments and in my worst moments and in every moment in between, God is there. And he sees and knows and watches. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just hard to, uh, it's hard to fathom, isn't it? How God works. I just, I, you know, you can't wrap your mind around the majesty and the, the intensity of, of how it all is. And hopefully at some point when we're in heaven, this too shall be revealed. Well, Terry Tim is with us. Terry's a regular guest on our show. Terry Tim is the pastor of Christ Community Church of the South Hills, here today to talk to us about the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Hey, Terry, welcome to the show. Greetings, John. It's good to see you again. Good to be with you and uh, all your listeners today. Thank you, Terry. Always good to see you as well. Thanks so much for being here with us. Yeah, it's a pleasure. You, you take things that are very complex and you s- distill them down for people like myself that quite can't grasp the majesty and the intensity of all these things. So can you talk to us about this, about the spirit of wisdom? I I love how you intro this section, like trying to wrap our heads and our hearts around who God is, all that God is, God's majesty, God's mystery, God's character is mind blowing. It, it, It really is. But one of the things I love most about our faith is our God is a God of revelation. And what I mean by that is that our God wants to be known and our God gives us the spirit to actually help us know God. We're we're not simply left to our own devices to figure out who God is like God, God in in the Judeo-Christian tradition, this idea that God is a God of revelation, this is radical because I mean, think about world religions, most world religions. I, I would have a hard time coming up with one. We call them mystery religions Mm -hmm. because the gods 
that they proclaim are mysterious. You never know what the gods are thinking. You never know what's on their mind. You never know what's going to please them, what's going to displease them. And you, you, in a sense, you're always anxious because you just don't know the mind or the heart of the deity that you're worshiping. But into the world comes this God who says to his people, I am a God of revelation. I will show myself to you. I will reveal what my character and my nature is all about. So you don't need to live in fear. You know what I want from you. You know what I invite you into. You know the kind of life that will bring me joy and pleasure. And, uh, and so, so God is for us. God wants to be known and God gives us the spirit to help us understand more and more and more about the nature and the person and the work of our great God and Savior. Fabulous. And it's my choice because God's also given us his word. And so I can choose to read God's thoughts, his ideas, all those things in the pages of the Bible. Um, A lot of people take advantage of that. A lot of people don't. The, the, The great thing is, you know, God wants to be known. God chooses to reveal himself to us, and he, and he does it in a multiplicity of ways. Like, as you just mentioned, Scripture is one of the foremost ways that we understand who God is. But even, even Scripture, like, we can read it with our human capacities, and we can bring all of our intellectual cognitive capacities to the reading of Scripture— and we should. We should, use, we should love the Lord our God with all our mind. But the most brilliant genius in the world who is reading God's word only in their own intellectual power is missing out on the richness of what the word wants to reveal to us about the glorious God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and so this, this idea that the spirit of wisdom and revelation it comes to us from the Apostle Paul. These are the words of the Apostle Paul in, uh, in his letter to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 1. That's where I picked up on this phrase. And, and the Apostle Paul, he said, I pray that God would grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And, and so I have this, this image in my mind of this, this old man who, who loves the Lord, who has his life transformed by the, the spirit of God. He's in the last last stages of his life. He's maybe in a prison cell and he's on his knees. He's on his face interceding on behalf of God's people saying, God, would you pour out your spirit of wisdom and revelation on, on, on your people? And the beautiful thing I love about, I, I, I certainly believe that the apostle Paul was praying for the church in Ephesus and the church in Asia Minor in the first century, but the glory of scriptures, I believe that that prayer of Paul resonates out through the, through the ages. Mm-hmm. Like his prayer then was a prayer for us today. So that when I open up scripture, that I can tap into the spirit, the Holy Spirit of wisdom and revelation. So I can begin to see things that make manifest the nature and character of God, that go beyond just the printed word that, that the words of scripture can come alive and draw me into the depth, the reality, the mystery of, of this amazing God we worship. Mm-hmm. So in some way, Terry, are you talking about 
the mystics, the contemplatives among us? Well, you know, that's an interesting phrase, the mystics, right? So usually we think of we, we think of mystics as these kind of oddball people who, you know, live out in the desert, right yeah, in a yeah, cave. Yeah, yeah. And, and and the beautiful thing is we have we have a tradition of mystics who were wise men and women who did isolate themselves and separate themselves uh, out from the world. They were specifically called to that lifestyle. But but I I actually like that idea of what would it be like to become a mystic in our everyday ordinary life? Yes. Like it, it, th- this idea that this world is filled with the wonder of God. And rather than being so busy, just going off, doing my own deal, kind of living with blinders on the mystics, they, they were willing to slow down and to contemplate and see God in all of creation. And so I think that's an invitation. Uh, my, my word, my word for 2022, I'm not one of those big guys that like have a word for the, the year, but, yeah. but I, I have one for this year. Oh, and my, my word is slower, slower. God, God really gave that to me. And in my prayer life with God, God knows me well enough. God has a sense of humor. He said, Terry, I'm going to give you the word slower. I know you won't accept the word slow, but so I'm just going to give you slower, right? I know I'm, I'm working with you, Terry. That's funny. But so, so part of my task is to, to this year to slow down and pay more attention, be more present to the presence of God right before me. And again, that's even, you know, I, I spend a lot of time in scripture, but I've, I've realized that a lot of times I'm like a speed reader of scripture. Mm. Like, let me get through this text of scripture, or I may come to a familiar passage of scripture and my mind even just skips ahead. Oh, I know that I've read that a hundred times, but part of the wisdom of the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation is there are moments when one word can seem to leap off the page mm-hmm, of scripture mm-hmm. and God's saying like Terry or God's saying to the church, like pay attention to this word or this phrase right now, because I want to reveal something to you individually and plurally uh, uh, plurality. Like this is something that I want you to know about who I am. I'm not hiding it from you. I'm bringing it right out. If you're willing to slow down and pay attention. Oh, that's so good. So that's an interesting concept of, you know, of, of being kind of a 21st century mystic in the in, in the busyness of our world. Right. I mean, because like you said, I mean, for more often than not, we're walking around with blinders on. I mean, I was watching um, I was watching an old movie the other day, uh, Network. And, uh, you know, th- there's a, a scene in there where the major character, he kind of goes crazy and he yells out. He yells out, attention, attention must be paid. And I think, oh, yeah, I mean. I mean, I, and I know you know this is true as well. I mean, you know, and not to, you know, a friend of mine was in the hospital and he, you know, was in there for a week. And he, he said, I, he described it as I slayed there in bed for that week. And I, you know, memorized every corner and crevice of the little room that I was in. And I finally walked outside. You know, they wheeled me out in the wheelchair with the, the concierge or whatnot. And I felt a cold blast of air and the rush of fresh of air into my lungs. It was like I was a brand new creation. Mm. 
Mm. And and there it is. And we just don't think about it. I mean, you know, we, we're just too busy living our lives and the wisdom is revealed to us. We just tend to ignore it. We don't pay attention. Yeah. I, I love that story. And it, it reminds me too, that I think in our culture, you know, we, we may not say that we, we have a prosperity gospel, like kind of in the, in the worst possible sense of that. But I think most of us in Western Christianity, yes. we, we think God is more with us when things are going well or right. when we are doing well. And, and I'm, I'm a big fan of seasons when things go well and, and, and delighting in, in God's presence and God's provision. But I, I believe that quite often I've actually learned more about the nature and character of God in those points of desolation. Of course. Those, those challenging points, those, those times when my, my initial reaction is, God, are you present? And, and actually, that's, that's the time when quite often I can draw closer and nearer to God. And I sense that God is drawing nearer to me in the midst of the hard and the challenging. But, but that's not natural. That's not, that's not my default setting. And I think for many people in the church, we, we want to avoid those situations as much as, as possible. Yes. And yet it's there that God says, I'm right here, Terry. I'm right here. And I want to reveal something to you about who I am and who you are in relationship to me, even in the hard. See, that's so good, Terry, because I, I think people worry about that. I mean, you know, I remember years ago uh, after Mother Teresa died, a book was written after her death, and, you know, that, that she said, you know, essentially she could no longer feel the presence of God in her life and how broken she was because of that. And, you know, I, I, I don't know what that feels like, and I don't want to feel that way. I mean, I know that God's always there with me. So what does that feel like to feel the absence? I, I hope I never feel that way. I mean, because I always believe that he he is there with me, not that she manufactured that feeling. You know, that was something that was unique to her experience in her, in her faith walk. But at yep. the same time, I know he is there. But there's a possibility that, you know, always it's my part. I'm the one who screwed this up. And then what? He's just following along? I don't know. Well, and, you know, that that theological reality that that he is present with us you know i think we can embrace that cognitively and and theologically but experientially it's much much harder but i think even tish harrison warren uh shares the story in in her book prayer in the night she said she once encountered this irish priest and he asked her this question he said is jesus enough is jesus enough and boy, that question is like rocking my world <laughs> because like in the midst of the hard, you know, you know, you and I've talked about this, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in the hospital over the last couple of months and like 2 a.m. in the hospital is wow. like one of the w- darkest periods of, of reality, I right? Bet, Terry. And, and knowing, knowing cognitively Jesus is present, but, but even in the midst of hard or pain or loneliness, like this question, is Jesus enough? And actually, this, this is the beautiful thing about Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1. He said, I pray that you would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you would know Jesus better. And, and that's the beauty of it. He says, I don't want you just to have this wisdom and revelation just so you can increase your, your head knowledge. He said, I want you to know Jesus better. Mm. Now, think about that. He's writing to the church, people who know Jesus who love Jesus, who serve Jesus, 
but he, he said, I want you to know him better in a deeper, more intimate way. And, and that to me is encouraging that, you know, this is a lifelong journey of developing greater intimacy with Christ. Yes. And, and it's, it's the spirit of God who can help us in every season to deepen that that experiential knowledge of, of Jesus. Okay, so then is that your takeaway? At 2 a.m., when you yourself are lying in a hospital bed, is Jesus enough? Yeah, and it, it, it's a question I wrestled, I, I, I wrestled with then, and I still wrestle with it. Like, some days I'm quick to say, yes, Jesus, you are enough. There were moments in that hospital, you know, of, of, of anxiety and fear. And, and actually there were some moments when I felt really at peace with that. Like Jesus, like if, if, if this is my last night, I'm, I'm okay. Like yeah. I know you're present with me and you will carry me to whatever's on, on the other side of this life. I'm like, I'm confident in that, but I, I'm not, I am not, I've got a long way to go to living in that confidence day in and day out. Cause there's, there's often points of struggle. Like, come on, Jesus, there's gotta be more here. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta tie this thing up with a nicer bow than where I see this thing going. Please, please, Jesus. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, and that, that's why I love the apostle Paul was praying for me and for you and for us, like, come on guys, I'm, I'm asking God to take you deeper into this reality. You're not going to get it all at once, but day by day, moment by moment, season by season, you can know Jesus more and how much, how much he is and how much he, he is enough for everything, everything. And I want to grow into that. Terry, thank you for that. Thank you so much. I needed to hear that today. So it was well-timed, you know, God's timing. Perfect. Hey, Terry Tim is with us. Christ community church of the South Hills. Terry, uh, talk to us about Christ community. What are you guys doing? Yeah. So we, we, uh, worship on Sunday mornings, uh, at, the Independence Middle School in Bethel Park on Bethel Church Road out in the South Hills. And uh, right now we're working through, actually, we're working through the book of Ephesians. We started at Ephesians 1 and we're just working through Sunday by Sunday. Uh, just what does God have to say to us in this, this this ancient text and how is it speaking to us in our 21st century world? So I'm loving it. It's one of my favorite texts of scripture. And yeah, so, you know, that that's what's kind of happening with us. We'd love you know, if you're looking for a place to hang out and worship God and learn more about his word, we've always got a chair for you on Sunday morning. Very good. Friend, always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Terry. Really greatly admire the work welcome. that you do and the excellence that you come here and, and are able to communicate clearly about Christ. Thank you so much. You're welcome, John. Blessings. Blessings to you. Terry Tim, Christ Community Church of the South Hills. Is your congregation confident when it comes to sharing the faith? Most Christians would like to share their faith, but simply don't know how. Lutheran Lay Renewal of America offers a Sharing Your Faith workshop that examines the spiritual and psychological barriers to faith and offers effective ways to open the door to friendly spiritual conversations. Perfect for a Sunday morning Bible class, this one-hour workshop is offered at no cost to any Christian church. To schedule, call 724-287-5151 or visit lutheranrenewal.com. By now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow, and now Mike has done it again by introducing his new My Slippers. 
Mike has taken over two years to develop these fabulous slippers. They're designed to wear indoor or outdoor all day long. Made with MyPillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue. And they're made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 50% off his new My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable, you want to get some for the whole family. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including some overstock product, such as individual towels, blankets, comforters, and so much more. Or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. That's 800-391-0954. Check it out online, MyPillow.com, for the brand new My Slippers, offering 50% off now. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. So in life, throws you uh-ohs. Just save, better get Mako. Go to Mako.com for an online estimate today. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Winter storm watching effect from late Wednesday night through Friday morning. Tonight, cloudy skies with a low of 30. Tomorrow, overcast with a little rain in the afternoon, high 45. Tomorrow night, more rain with a low of 36. And Thursday, rain changing to ice in the morning, then sleet and freezing rain in the afternoon, high 37. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Grace Miratori. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? Cloth napkins at home. Well, in our house, when we pull out the cloth napkins, something really good is coming. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll pull them out for special meals. And I don't know why that is. I mean, certainly, What do you mean special meals? Like somebody's birthday, Christmas? Yeah. Christmas, Thanksgiving, even a birthday, or just something like, oh, what are you having tonight? We're going to have like the rare thing that we would have once in a blue moon, like a rack of lamb. Oh, we're going to sit down and have the better plates with the napkins. Really? So they do make sense. They're sort of a barometer of the mood and the tone of where we are. They make sense to me. But regular, everyday use, not really. Does that make sense to you? I want them to. I get why you would want them to. You know, I want... Because like a cloth, I mean, when you you go to a restaurant, don't you appreciate that? Oh, I always appreciate it. And yet, at home, I mean, I wash all sorts of things. I do a lot of laundry. It's not that big of a deal. Well, if you were using cloth napkins every day, after one meal... 
Would you stretch a knot over several minutes? That's just not now. I'm just saying. It's just gross. I'm just saying. What kind of base I mean, behavior old days, are you talking used, about? Well, people used to use, like, handkerchiefs, right, all day long. I mean, That's look different how than using the same you, napkin two days in a row. It's worse. How unsanitary a, a, a handkerchief is okay, all well, day long. Okay, well, I'm not asking if a handkerchief makes sense. Right. I'm talking about the cloth napkin. <laughs> I'm saying. One and done. Feels I like wanna, a, a okay. very wasteful. But you're doing laundry, so why not just put... I'm just saying, know. all of a sudden, I've got 30, okay, 40 I'm going napkins. to step out and say, I'm not living this way, but yes, they do make sense at home. All right. I don't know what that means for my future, but I want to I want to stand up and say it. It means you, it wish, you were, you wish you were Martha Stewart. I, I don't... Okay. Here's I, the first time ever I'm doing a visual. Oh. Okay. On Does this make sense? Here is my computer yes. plug. Yes. Free plonger. Free plong. Free prong. Yeah. Well, I don't have a free prong outlet here. So what do I do? Uh, I get the little gray thing. I love the little gray and thing. And then I plug in the three prong, and the little gray thing is two prong, and then I put it into an extension cord, which is a two prong. Mm-hmm. And so I bypass the safety feature of the three prong in the first place, but those little gray adapters are sold everywhere for a buck. So does that make any sense? I mean, it's you're negating the safety feature. Of the three prong. But we have to live that way. Doesn't make sense. 101.5 WORD. On the next Focus on the Family, Lindsay Snyder shares more from her remarkable spiritual journey. How God used the addiction and toxic relationships of her past to prepare her for ministry to lost and broken people. It's an inspiring message for your family next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. What if I told you you could save a baby's life for just $28? Well, it's true. Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people just like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant women and girls who might otherwise choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother who is abortion-minded the chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing inside her. $140 can do this for five girls and women. And a $15,000 gift will provide an ultrasound machine that will save lives for years to come. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a phone call or click away. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or give online, preborn.org slash radio. As a veteran media sales professional, a six-figure income is within your reach. I'm Andrew Pawaski, General Sales Manager of Word FM. Here at Salem Media Pittsburgh, we offer highly experienced sales and marketing professionals like you all the support and tools necessary to reach your earning potential through custom on-air campaigns, unique events, and over 50 social media and digital products. To learn more about our open position, please email me at andrew at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media is an equal opportunity employer. If you owe $27 trillion and you didn't have the money to pay it off, what would you need to do? Well, you need to make a lot more money, right? Well, now America's debt is more than $27 trillion, and right now taxes are at historically low levels. It doesn't take a genius to realize taxes will probably go up. Now think about your retirement accounts. Do you want to pay taxes on some of that money now when rates are lower or later when rates are much higher? 
Now, whether you should pay taxes now or in retirement depends on a lot of things. That's why Kirk Kenotic and Accurate Solutions Group has a free guide called You and Your Taxes to help you determine what's best for you. To get your copy of You and Your Taxes, call or text TAX to 412-515-3555. That's TAX to 412-515-3555. When taxes go up, will you be ready? Get this free guide from Kirk Kenotic and Accurate Solutions Group now. Call or text TAX to 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Our firm may not give tax advice. Kath and I have been producing this show for about 15 years. And I, to be honest, there are many times I, I think to myself, it would be so much easier for me if Kath would just wear a poncho. <laughs> I mean, just wear an afghan, I mean, something. crying out loud. I mean, what the heck? Show some modesty in the Word of Him studio. <laughs> right. Tyler Huckabee is with us. Tyler is Relevant Magazine's senior editor, and he's written a piece at Relevant called Don't Blame Your Lack of Self-Control on What She's Wearing, which is an extension in many ways this modesty conversation yep. that's been going on now for a month or so. Tyler, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks, guys. Yeah, so Tyler, this is something that's uh, circling all around social media now. People who are inside Christian ministries, Christian organizations, churches, or just the subculture in general are talking about. So what do we mean by modesty? Um, and why is it that the women seem to pay the price for the fact that men can't mm-hmm. control themselves? Uh-huh. Yeah, and it does seem like this is a conversation that, I don't know, I'm 36 years old, and I'd say I hear about once a year, especially in the summer months when it starts getting warm again, this conversation seems to start creeping back up, and there have been a few reasons for it uh, this particular time. And usually I kind of stay out of it because, you know, I'm a guy, and it feels not really my place to weigh in. Exactly, but, yeah. but it seemed like sometime this time there was – there were a few things this time that I specifically wanted to address to kind of my fellow guys who tend to wade into this conversation with some thoughts that I hopefully, hopefully might be sort of helpful and at least uh, steer the conversation in a helpful direction instead of in an unhelpful one. Yeah, well, I think it is a helpful conversation just as a reminder. Hey, guys. So, you know, uh, the Matthew West song. Uh, the, modest is the, modest. The, yeah, that came up and that was a whole other story. But, you know, uh, now on the heels of the Olympics. Okay, okay so, oh, wait, so, so explain the modest. Modest is hottest story for people who don't know. Tyler, you, you do that. You describe that. Okay, so yeah. Matthew West is a singer-songwriter in the contemporary Christian music industry, and, and, and he seems like a very nice guy, and I'm yeah. not saying any of this to, to besmirch his, you know, I don't know right. him, but but I'm sure he's very friendly. And he he created this music video called Modest is Hottest. It was sort of a jokey, tongue-in-cheek ode to how he wishes that his daughters would dress more modestly in his right. language or, or wear more clothes. And, and kind of a family thing, yeah, right? I mean, it, his it, wife and kids yeah. are in it. And I want to give him... the video. Yeah, yeah. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, Tyler, like you are. I think he had good intentions in doing it. Of course it. he did. Yeah. It was fun. It was jokey. Yeah. And his family appeared in the video. It didn't become jokey about five minutes right. after he released it. It tripped, it tripped a lot of wires. It, it hit a lot of people, understandably so, in some very sense, in ways that he did not intend, and touched some really live wires and, and some live nerves. And he, I think to his credit, ended up pulling the song and, yeah. and sort of apologizing for it, which is not the, necessarily something that people do a lot of on the Internet. So I, I you know, tip of the cap to him for recognizing that this conversation was going in a way he didn't intend. But it did kick off this whole new, uh, another round 
of the modesty debate, particularly on Christian areas of social media. Yeah. Okay, so you were talking about the Olympics, John. Okay, so look at the Olympics now, right? I beach mean, volleyball? Beach volleyball. Uh, yeah. Women are wearing these super skimpy little bottoms. The guys are wearing gym shorts. Right, exactly. Women's gymnastics. You finally, know, the women... It was the Polish team who finally said, you know what? What is wrong with you people? Right, okay. And so look, look uh, at women's gymnastics. The German team, are now they're wearing, you know, tights. Mm-hmm. I got no problem with that. There is some sort of a sexuality overtone to women in the Olympics. I don't think, that's, I don't think you can deny that, yeah? Well, I absolutely don't deny that. And I think it's important. I think it's really cool that the Norway team have the wherewithal to stand up for themselves and that their team backed them up on that. uh, That was the Norway team. Wait, I gave credit to the Polish team. That's right. I'm always, so, I'm always looking Norway, to give yeah, my countrymen a, a hands up. All those, you know, one of those European countries over there. <laughs> I, 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 believe, I believe it was the Norway team uh, set up. And that's, I think that's really cool. And that, that's yeah. really important. Yeah. The, the article that I wrote is sort of separate from the issue of of uh, women having the, the right and being empowered to make the decisions about what they dress like and what they want to wear when they compete in the Olympics. And I really wanted to focus on what men's responsibility was. Uh, and I don't think that men's responsibility in this case, is uh, is trying to enforce some sort of dress code that's perfectly attuned to their own thoughts and desires for every woman in their life, and certainly every woman who comes into their you know line of sight throughout the rest of their lives. Right. And so, Tyler, you talk about Matthew five, right? I mean, if if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out. It's not the res- woman's responsibility. You don't gouge the woman's eye out. The guys take responsibility for your own eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I, I think that there is so much room here for men to use any sort of dangerous thoughts they think they're having or any dark impulses in their brains to see that not as a problem for the women in their lives and not as another opportunity for them to sort of uh, try to spread more control around that they don't really have in their lives and instead try to ask themselves, okay, what does it say about me? What does it say about my heart? What does it say about the way that I view women in general? And how can I check that, uh, make sure that my heart is right? And if you solve that inner problem, that root problem of the way you're thinking about women or about sexuality in general, then that I think will solve a lot of the symptoms, the outer manifestation of those issues, which have to do with things like uh, objectifying impulses or, or viewing women as sex objects because of what they're wearing. Right. We're talking with Tyler Huckabee. He is a senior editor at Relevant Magazine. He wrote a piece, Don't Blame Your Lack of Self-Control on What She's Wearing. And and, and Tyler, you know, I'm sure people who are not believers and are not part of, you know, a a Christian subculture listening to this conversation might think, oh, how quaint that they're talking about this. Or they think they are so tight. Like, what is Well, but the fact of the matter is, you know, we saw this, that, you know, three of the top ten Internet sites in the world are porn sites. And, you know, those are billions of clicks every day. So the you know the yeah. country itself, the world itself is awash in lust and pornography and we're talking about covering up modestly and guys taking control of their own eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that there is room for overlap here whether or not you come at this conversation from a Christian worldview. I think we can all agree that treating women with respect and then treating women with respect is important. That men uh, humanizing the women in their life even more is important and I think one way to do that when you're a man is to take control of that thought life and that's something that that transcends the biblical worldview. We all want more of that. What I'm suggesting in here is that 
that that doesn't start with, for men, that doesn't start with telling women how to dress. It starts with how you perceive the women in your life and how much you treat them like human and as people who are worthy of respect intellectually, socially, relationally, and certainly physically as well. Yeah. Tyler, I think one of the things, yeah, I've been a woman for a long time. <laughs> and, uh, Congratulations. Thank you. And I've, I, have two, I have two daughters. And so we have talked about this at least, you know, 5,000 times. Modesty and dress. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's just, it comes up all the time. And one of the things that I think is just really important that, we, that my husband and I have both told our girls is we want you to dress modestly, not because of what it's going to do to a guy who you're around, but because you're a child of God and you are, you are loved and you are valued and you should look like you're loved and valued. Um, and so it's not about your relationship with men. It's it's about your relationship with God. And it doesn't mean that you have to be covered from head to toe. It just means that you, again, how you carry yourself is about the fact that you are a child of a king. But wait, now you're not saying that Cardi B is less a child of God than anybody else. No, no. Thank you. I, no, that's not what I meant. But I'm saying that when you make your own clothing choices, knowing that that's in your head, then you can, it, it becomes, it's a matter of dignity, I think, at least that's what I was trying to teach my girls, it's a matter of dignity for you and you make your own choices. You're an individual. You can decide how much is too much or whatever, but it's it's because of your own dignity. It's not because you're trying to fit some man's perception. or some or some man's uh, perspective on what's good for you, because that's not uh, for him. That's not for him to decide. Um, right. So I, so I think if men understood that that's how this I, this modesty culture makes women feel. I've, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm being too uh, kind and generous about it, but I feel like men would get it if it was just explained a little more. Tyler, what do you say? I think that's probably true. And, and I want to stress here, I'm not, a, I don't have kids. So those conversations are ones that I've, that I've had to have. Uh, but I think that what I love about that approach and that conversation is what you're doing is you're starting with, you are a person of infinite value to God. And that's, and when you start with that as the root and the motivating force of the conversation, then that's, then you're, that's, you're not going to go too far wrong. You know, that's a great place to start a conversation. It's hard to see how that could get really off track. And too often where these conversations starts is the, the implied message is your body is dangerous. The men around you are dangerous. Put those two things together and you're, there's just going to be trouble. Better to try to, to satiate her or, or solve all the problems in these guys' lives. And that's just not, uh, that's a very self-defeating thing to teach women. It's a self-defeating thing to teach men, too, because they're taught that there's really no victory here. They're always going to be a slave to their worst impulses. And I just don't think that's true. Right. I mean, look, uh, I talk about this a lot. I, I'm, I've got five sisters. And so a guy would come up to, you know, date my sister. He met my dad first. And my dad always, you know, said, hey, you're with my daughter. You're also with me. And there was kind of like a fear factor in there in some ways, mm -hmm. you know. And I think there's a respect built sure. into that yeah, fear yeah. that they sort of go hand in hand. Because, you know, it is somebody's daughter, right? So you look at that and you kind of go, I'm going to step up and be a gentleman here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I've, I remember those. <laughs> I don't miss those conversations that I had before I was married with uh, with the fathers of the girls I was dating, but I did have them, and it was and it was it was always for the better. Yeah, and you know what? I, again, with with every issue right now, it seems like we're being asked to be on one side or another, and that's yeah, that's, that's really frustrating. And this issue is one of 
a jillion I could name right now that are nuanced, right? And it requires a good mm-hmm. conversation between men and women. It doesn't require people being on social media spouting off and saying, this is my viewpoint, and if you don't agree with it, then you know, you're wrong. Right. It, because there is an element of recognizing that we are brothers and sisters together, and our goal as Christians is to care for one another, right? To be kind and merciful and just with each other. And so that me that might mean that a woman changes her outfit because of a, a because of a particular guy. I I'm not saying that should be prescriptive. I'm just saying that maybe that could happen every once in a while. I don't think it has to be. Well, I don't give a crap about guys or the other extreme where I'm modeling my whole outfit based on a guy. I think there, mm-hmm. there can be something in the middle. There is nuance. Yeah, I mean, Tyler, yeah, you know, you're, you're married, and I mean, I'm sure you, yeah. you and your wife have this conversation, right? I mean, she, you know, she's wearing what she wants to wear, but when you step out, you're looking good. But there's at the same time, you know, there's a, an element of modesty to this. That's all. Yeah, I think so, and I think that that's not a a. I think that the what's been helpful for me in in my life, and I, I really credit this to my father and with my parents-in-law, is that there is is that. She she has a lot of respect for herself, mm-hmm. and that is a neat, you know, and that so that conversation was sort of handled well before I came into the picture, and so I would say that's where, although I don't have kids, I have seen the value in that sort of parenting that teaches a lot of respect yeah. for yourself, a lot of respect for your own body, and I'm a product of that kind of parenting too, like, like knowing that I that, that I do have control over my thought life and and how I treat the one in my life, the women in my life, and that has been that has paid off enormous dividends in this particular area. Right. Sure. And so the, the bottom line is if you were not raised this way or if you did not have this conversation with people that you respected or were mentoring you or whatnot, then it doesn't enter into your head because society, culture is just so over deeply over-sexualized. It is. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. And it, it is hard, you know, if you aren't raised this way. And I think to some extent we're all a little bit of a, pro- a product of a, of a culture that has a lot of negative ideas, bad ideas, toxic ideas about about sexuality, about women, and that's going to take some work on all of our parts, some some rededication of those parts of us that have been subjected to those things to God and to a biblical worldview, but it is doable, and if you're willing to put in the time and effort and discipline to realign, realign your heart and your mind and your eyes to Jesus Christ, then, uh, then what you're going to get out of it on the other end is just so rich and so rewarding. Your relationships yeah. are so much better and more fruitful because you're not worried about this potential time bomb in you in the sure. same way that you yeah. are if you don't do these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not fear-based anymore. Now you can like, exactly. yeah, you can rejoice in the now. Well, Tyler, it's been right. super fun to meet you. We love Relevant. Yeah, and we do we've love Relevant. We've, oh, loved it for, we've loved it for a long time. You want to tell our listeners about it? Yeah, Relevant Magazine is, uh, I've been senior editor here for about three years now, and uh, we're a, we exist at the intersection of faith and culture. We try to cover cultural conversations, uh, pop culture like music, movies, TV shows, books, from a faith perspective. Uh, so some of our recent people we've talked to have been folks like Matthew McConaughey, uh, Leticia Wright from Black Panther. Uh, got a few more uh, exciting things in the works that I can't talk about just yet, but I would love to see everybody listen to this over relevant magazine uh really excited about what we're doing right now fabulous great job it's very well done tyler thanks all uh, thanks for being with us hey thanks guys appreciate it our pleasure tyler huckabee from relevant magazine don't blame your lack of self-control on what she's wearing 
My son is in the second grade at our local public school, and yet somehow he gets to attend a Bible class during his school day because of LifeWise Academy. We're seeing public school students from urban, rural, and suburban communities who have never heard the basic stories of how Jesus came to rescue us. Hey, Word FM listeners, I'm Joel Penton, founder of LifeWise Academy, and we bring Bible education to public school students during the school day. Believe it or not, in 1952, the Supreme Court ruled that students can actually be released from public school during school hours to receive religious instruction. However, almost no one knows it's possible. LifeWise Academy provides the structure and tools for local communities to put to work. This program is taking off nationwide and our kids' futures are being changed. Would you consider leading the charge to start a LifeWise in your neighborhood school? The first step is to voice your support at LifeWiseAcademy.org. Everything that we do in the office is to provide a comforting feel to you and your family. Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. We do value the time that you spend at our office, and we understand that you don't have hours and hours because lives are crazy nowadays. But we want to really make sure that the time you're spending with us is efficient and effective and works for you as an individual. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Before Bamboo HR, <laughs> I feel like crying just thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper, and we literally had paper stacked. It was all in spreadsheets and like folders. From the moment I started using it, I felt calmer. As soon as we started using the Bamboo like onboarding checklist, I mean, <laughs> it was extremely easy. Headcount, turnover, uh, years of service. Like there's just so many different reports that I use at different points in time. I'm like totally set free to focus on the people, to focus on development, to focus on team dynamics. It's freeing me up to do more of the stuff that actually matters in HR, which is interacting with people, learning from them, and then building stuff for them. Everything is in this one place. I can't even imagine what it would be like without Bamboo HR. We're Bamboo HR, and we'd love to set you free to do great work. Come try our award-winning all-in-one HR software for free with no strings attached. Visit BambooHR.com slash HR for this free trial offer. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. Your life, your hopes, and whatever you were searching for at 1.15 a.m., it's really none of our business, and it shouldn't be anyone else's. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Time goes by so quickly, doesn't it? I mean, and I know you know this, if you, you know, the older you get, the quicker it goes by. So warm out there right now and then snow's going to melt a little bit and then more snow coming back in and I don't know in the busyness and the rush of all of our lives I just what's going to what's it going to be like 10 years from now where are you going to be what about your kids and your grandkids and you know your own life and your own health and your job and your spouse and all those things because time is short it just goes by before you know it, it's all over. I mean, all you've got to do is think about, you know, 
your mom or your dad or someone that you loved, your husband, your wife, and now they're not here and you give anything to have them close by, but it went by too quickly. <laughs> it just goes by so fast. And in the midst of it all, what do we do? We stomp our feet and complain and grouse and complain and point the finger and, you know, just, but life is precious. It is good. It is really wonderful. And especially if you know Jesus in the midst of it all and have the confidence of your eternal life, it makes everything, it makes everything incredibly beautiful. So as this night goes on, the end of the day is here. The sun sets upon us. Give thanks and praise for the gifts that you've been given and truly mean it and carry that lighter heart with you as this evening goes forward. Have a great night and God willing, we'll see you tomorrow. John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.